Hey there, this is Ben Sanders, lead pastor of Revelation. We are so honored that you've tuned in to our podcast today. Even if you're not a part of our Revelation family here in Frisco, Texas, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search for Revelation Frisco on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also go to revelationfrisco.church to get to know us a little bit better and even plan a visit. It is my prayer today that this message brings you one step closer to Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Good morning, friends, family that are in the house today. My, uh, my youngest daughter snuck in on me in the back there, so we got to make sure I give a shout out. Yep, that's the baby. The baby is back there, the youngest one. She did come and brought a friend with her. Thank you to all my friends who did come and surprised me this morning with their presence. Uh, Revelation family, I love you. Again, my name is Andre Blassigame. I am a co-leader of the uh, hospitality department, so you can thank myself for, you know, the donuts and Mary's for the coffee and everything else that comes in the front, the wonderful greetings that you have um, when you come in. And I'm excited to be here with you today because I get to actually talk and, and, and minister a word about something that changes everything. And, and, and today's message is going to be called The Dash, all right? So for my note takers, for the people that are, that, that are not waiting for the recording that's gonna come out tomorrow, The Dash, because we all know that God is the author of the beginning and the end. Yeah, that's right. Amen. He gives us the opportunity to frame The Dash, Anytime you go to a homegoing celebration or you go to the cemetery, most of the time when you look at the, the tablet that's in front of the grave that's there, what do you see? You see a start date and an end date, right? See, God knows that start date. God knows that end date. And see, what you do in the middle is what changes everything. See, the dash changes everything. Come on, that's good. We're all going to start. We're all going to finish. But what we do in the middle is what really changes this. And so in Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. See, he is with you in that dash. You're not by yourself when you're making these decisions and choices. You're not alone. You must understand that. See, you have somebody that you can go to constantly when your spouse may not be available, or when you're single, right? God is there in between that dash to give you what you need. And, and in that dash is where you must make change. And there's a lot of changes that, that, that will cause you to change in your life. Some of the ones of like, let's see, what did I write down? Marriage changes everything. Birth of a child changes everything. Job relocation changes everything. Sickness, death of a family member, loss of income. It changes everything for you in that moment, in that dash. So what are some feelings and emotions and thoughts that happen when those kind of tragedies or changes happen? Because all aren't tragedies. Most of the time they're triumphs and masters tragedies and we take it too hard to, 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 to heart and don't know how to bounce back. But call out some feelings. That, that you feel, you know, when, when you have a birth of a child or you lose a job or you go into relocation. Anybody? Hurt. Fear. Hurt, fear. What else? Anxious. What's some things you think about? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What else? How, and 
How am I going to do it? So when you think about these things, if you go back to Mary's message last week, she talked about the first thing we should have thought about is going to God. And see, you notice nobody here said the first thing you think about when change happens is to pray. First thing that happens when change happens is to go to the Lord in prayer, to ask and seek his guidance. See, that's what your dash is about. See, God's designed it for you in that middle section of the beginning and the end to come to him first. Not second, not an afterthought. It's not what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it. God, how can I do this? God, what would you have me do? See, a lot of us, we have, we're, we're, we're so strong and we're so intelligent. We have such great backgrounds in what we do in our fields, whether it be you know, food, whether it be IT. We lean on that first because we already have that in our mind. It's easy. You don't have to think. When God said they'd come to him first, lean not on your own understanding. Or we, we, we do read the same Bible, right? Amen. We lean on him first. And no one saying that, did you take the time to pray, praise, or worship? See, that changes everything. Just last week, Mary talked about that. Y'all remember the story, and for some of y'all that didn't, you know, um, one of our daughters was choking on something, and and, and, and Mary was panicking, and And she didn't know what to do. Grandmother came over, grabbed the woman. Don't you have faith? Grabbed the daughter by the mouth and said, in Jesus' name, and it comes out, right? Thinking first, God. Not second, because that changes everything. And so when I talk about the beginning and the end, we're going to talk a little bit about my story, because Pastor asked me to tell tell a little bit of my testimony. So um, I was born at sunrise, 525 a.m. on a Friday. Right. Uh, My father says I was born on a weekend because I was I was destined to be an entertainer of some sort. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, make people laugh. We're going to be, you know, full of joy. And it was around sunset in the in the in the summertime. And, um, you know, Pat and Sam kind of looked at me and gave me a name. My mother was into uh, this French show. I can never remember the name of it. So me and my sister have French names, Andre and Chonette. Right. So, uh, <laughs> which gravitated into Andre and Shanette. But, you know, it was, it was, it was incredible that that, that that had because they gave me my sunrise, you know, uh, June 9th. And my sunset is yet to be written. So the dash is where I'm living currently. And I have a lot of people that have come to visit today from all over, from Waxahachie as far as Arlington today, because they are too a part of my dash and they don't even realize the importance of what's needed for this mission that we have to carry on to spread this love and this gospel. See, that's an everyday thing. It's not just on Sunday. Like Pastor said, you're checking the boxes on Sunday, that's great. You pay your tithes, that's great. What do you do Monday through Saturday? How do you observe the other six days of your life besides coming here on Sunday to hear a great message? How many do you actually go out there and change everything by getting into the Word and following those scriptures to understand what is being taught? Taking it a step further. So, my story begins, I told you, and I'm going to start at about the age 10. So, at 10 years old, my father comes to pick me up from uh, school, and uh, it was a Monday. My father always was off on Sundays and Mondays, so he picks me up from school 
on, uh, on a Monday, and we're driving back, and there's a whole lot of traffic, a lot of different things going on, and it's raining outside, and boom, I witnessed an accident, right? And so I'm looking at the accident, and I'm like, oh, man, that's pretty bad, and we drive by, and I'm, I'm 10 years old, so it's hard for me to process. I see a Bronco turned one way, and then I see a, a blue sedan, a Buick, facing the other way, and um, the more I looked at it, the more I realized that was my mother in this accident. So my father kept driving, and I said, Dad, that sure looks like mom's car. And my father, who told me years later, he already knew that it was my mom, but he wanted me to be able to understand tragedy, and he wanted to teach a lesson in understanding God always works the right way. I didn't understand it then because I kept telling him, I said, Dad, that is mom's car. He said, son, let's go home. He never, he never denied it. He didn't say, no, that's not her. Boy, you tripping, none of that. He said, let's go home first and check with your sister. So we drive home, check with my sister. My sister's like, no, I ain't heard anything. Mom is, you know, as far as I know, mom's on her way home. Cool, so my dad took me where we need to do. And then all of a sudden, something was, something was telling me to give a call. So me and my father, uh, pay phone, you know. I know there's no too many young people in here, but, you know. One of those cell phones when we had it then, you know, picked up the pay phone to call my sister at home, and uh, the sheriff answers the phone, Right? And the sheriff was like, um, yes, uh, is this, you know, Andre? And was like, yeah. And he basically told me that my mother died in a car accident. I'm 10 years old. My father just picked me up, and I watched it happen. I collapsed in the mall. That's where we were. And it devastated me. And that part of the dash in my life changed everything. Because that was, that was my shining star, if you would, you know, not, not, to, not to put the levels of, of, of God to my parents, but at that time, she was my God, right? I was still learning what the great architect was. And, 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 and in that moment, something sparked in me. It was like, man, I've lost the person that was on my side. And everybody in the family knew I was her favorite. I was the baby, right? Shout out to the babies in the room, okay? Most of the time, they're always the favorite by, just, just by happenstance. And... The next five years of my life became turmoil because I got taken away from my siblings because my father was not my sister's father. So boom, get split up. I'm immediately a single child. Now my father, from his previous marriage, I had about four or five brothers and sisters, but my father was in his 40s. So my brothers and sisters were 15, 20 years older than me. So I became an only kid. I became a latchkey kid. I went from living in, the, in, in one part of the hood that was brick to moving into another part of the hood, you know, living in a house, but the area was just as dangerous to giving a key and said, hey, son, figure it out. Because, see, my father worked from 3 p.m. till midnight at the post office. Only off days were Sunday and Monday. Well, you know, school was from, you know, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Dad is already at work, so I had to figure it out. Five years, I was, I was not the best. I was not the best. But that afternoon with my mom dying began the development of my dash. Because once I went through, I hit 15 years old. 
I was a knucklehead. I was experiencing everything you could in the hood from gang violence to, to uh, robbing to being a thief. Every, everything you can think of when you think of a typical black male, because I don't, you know, me and color, I, I be real with people, that you think of a typical black male that happens in, 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 in the ghetto. It happened to me. High speed chase, going down a one way street. Sometimes this makes me cry because this is the dash that truly changed everything for me. We made it through about seven lights, right? Riding in a stolen car. We're getting chased by a red Mustang, right? This is in the 90s. I mean, we are flying down Oak Avenue, moving, getting through seven lights. We were going to get away from this police officer. But then God said, no, you're not, because there's one light that was not in our favor. And we hit a transportation van. There was a man driving this van, and this is probably about three o'clock in the morning, and we hit this man so hard, we sent him to, in, into a building that was on the corner. He was in ICU for two weeks. He literally fought for his life for two weeks. I myself, <laughs> I went through the windshield. I laid on the hood. I was unconscious for about 12 minutes, according to what the paramedics study says. Face all tore up. Everything about me destroyed. My countenance destroyed. All I know is I woke up. And that day I had, you know, I had a brand new cross color outfit on. <laughs> you know, I was looking good that day. It was tan. I had a, a bubble jacket on. Anybody from up north, y'all know them bubble jackets with the down feathers. You know, they pulling me off off the hood of a car from racing, running from the police, and they're cutting through my stuff, right? But I couldn't see anything but blood. And I have to give a shout out to my best friend because I know he's going to see this. He was there with me. He was unharmed and unfazed. And he could have ran and got away. He said, I stayed because I cared about you more than the crime we committed. And that spoke volumes. That changed everything for me because he could have got away. They weren't going to catch him because you got this, you know, you got this uh, teenage, teenage boy sitting on the hood of a car. Paramedics is focused on him. I don't care about anything else. That changed the dash in my life. Landed me about, give or take, 13 to 14 months in juvenile detention. Now, that point in my life changed everything. Because, see, at that point, I was not prepared for what unthinkable things were going to happen in that time. James 4 and 14, whereas ye know not what shall be the morrow for what is your life. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. See, that change I thought was going to last a lifetime, but it was just a moment. It was a twinkle in the night. It was a, a vapor. But see, it molded me and shaped me into what I needed to be now. Because at 15, I could have continued to be a knucklehead. I could have got back out there and got on the streets. Now I got out and, you know, went back to being a straight-A student. If you ever really know, you know, the true story, I was a straight-A student out there being a thug. Like, you look at me on paper, it's like, why is this guy even doing this? Like, he's captain of the football team. And, you know, because I didn't have my identity, I was still searching for that dash in my life. And... I was left to my own devices. No knocking to my father, God rest his soul. 
The man worked as hard as he could. He wasn't prepared. He was 50 years old. They had to take a 10-year-old kid. He wasn't prepared by himself. So I got to lean on my own devices and get turned into it. So in that change of tomorrow, we're going to fast forward a bit to December 6, 2022, right? 1 Corinthians 4 and 18 said, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I was fixed on what I seen, but not on the change God was bringing. I didn't know that that was a series of events that needed to happen for God to fulfill the purpose that I needed to be in front of you right now. I didn't see that when I was 10. All I saw was the hatred that I had for God for taking my God, if you will. I didn't really understand or fully grasp because, see, my mother wasn't a church-going woman. We were the Easter Sunday group. I got a new suit every Easter, and that suit got used for an entire year for anything I needed, any graduations, if we needed to go to a, a, a home going, a funeral, anything that required a suit had that one suit for the entire year. And, of course, I grew out of it, so I got a new one every Easter. Some of y'all grew up like that. All of us weren't blessed enough to come up from the bottom in the church and grow into incredible God-fearing people to this day. And that sabbatical that I had, spending that time in juvenile detention, it gave me a lot of insight on what I needed to do with my dash. My voice was my power, and I had to change my mindset to change the world. Last story, and then we're going to have my pastor come up. So 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unavailed voices contemplate the Lord's glory, being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And I use that as the last scripture because... It goes into, there's a lot of different things that happen, but there was something significant that really changed for me recently, December 6th of 2022. Mary and I were driving down the street um, in, in, in Richardson, near our neighborhood, and we're coming down the service road. And in the service road, I'm in the far lane about to get on 175, heading north, south, heading south. There was a young man. Um, and I didn't know it was a young man at the time, but he pulls out. I'm in the far third lane. Anybody know the far third lane? The far third lane. He's, he's turning from way over here. He turns out from Collins and the service road and runs right into the back of us, right? And it's funny because I had just told uh, Mary, I had a dream a couple of nights before that I was in a car accident. So, of course, I'm already, you know, on high alert. And typically what would happen when you're in a car accident, you get upset. You're ready to, you know, you're ready to fuss. You're ready to use some words that you normally wouldn't use in, in, in most situations, right? Everybody, we're going to be real in here today. We, 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 you know, we're going to be real. And first thing I thought, I was angry. I said, why did he hit me? I know he see me. And then I thought about it. I promise I thought about this woman's message. I said, you know what, God? I'm going to come to you. What do I need to do in this situation? I said, because right now I'm, I am livid. I am heated 
Because I'm in the far enough lane where you could have turned right into two other lanes. And you still hit me, right? So the young man hits me. I pull up. My first thought was, I was like, you know what? He's going to keep going, but I'm going to pull over anyway. So I pull over. The young man pulls behind me. He gets out. And he is everything but crying. Coming out of the car, he's like, man, I do apologize to you. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And... Instantly, I got out of the car and did something that I don't ever do. I told him it was all right. Most of the time, I ask what happened. You ever think about that when you get into a car accident? You know, most people get out, they might say, I hope that they're all right. They'll say it, but they don't necessarily ask, you know, what happened? How'd you hit me? What was the problem? Not, is your neck broke? Did you hurt your leg? Do we need to call an ambulance? You're trying to figure out the why. When your dash's purpose is to figure out how to help, right? And so I asked him if he was okay. He said, I'm okay. He was very apologetic. And then as he told me more of his story, he's a student that goes to the University of Texas at Dallas. Uh, he's a mechanical engineer. It's finals week for him. And he had been up almost 18 hours trying to study so he can pass his finals, and so he, I could see when he got out of the car that his entire face, his continence, like not only was he shook from the accident, you know, because my first thought he was probably on his cell phone. He was 19, you know, he's on his cell phone. But his entire continence was, 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 was off. He looked exhausted. I mean, he had bags like he had been traveling, you know, he didn't took, took an Amtrak train, he didn't hopped on a plane, and he got on a cruise all in the same day. Like, I mean, this young man was, was pretty down, and, and we got to talking and looking at it and taking the pictures and exchanging information. He was apologetic, and, you know, something just told me to pray for him. And that changed everything for me because I didn't know from being 15 years old, being a juvenile delinquent, that almost 30, 40 years later, that I'd be praying for somebody that hit me. The young man hit me, right? Not the other way around. He should be praying, right? You wrecked my car. It's $15, $2,000 worth of damage. But I see that he was so distraught, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do, you, what, what do you want me to do? He said, you know, pray with him. And th this young man was, uh, I wasn't sure of his faith, and I told him that, I told him up front, I said, I'm not sure what your faith is, but my God told me to pray for you. And I said, I hope you're not offended, but we're going to pray. And the young man was like, no, not at all. And we prayed probably about five or 10 minutes. Now, his car is not totaled, but his entire front bumper was off, and he still had a 40-minute drive to get to Oak Cliff from where he was in Richardson. And I was like, you know what? I can't let this young man drive this car like this. I said, I can't stop him because he's like, man, I got to get home, do this, do that. I was like, just call a tow truck. Your parents have insurance, you know? And I prayed for him. The young man began to cry. He said, no one's been that kind to me. No one's been that available. I hit you. And you're still extending this gratitude. See, that dash changes everything. Something told me used to be a phrase that I would say pretty regularly, right? And I realized that something told me as 
people of faith, we need to change that from something told me to the spirit told me. And it's okay to say it in front of people in this politically correct society we live in. Right? Because we say it all the time. Something told me not to turn left. Something told me not to buy that. Something told me not to talk to that person. Something told me to, no, it was the Lord that told you. And see, you don't want to accept that. That's how you change your dash. It's the language and the words that you use. It's what you say and what you speak. It's the power that's behind the words that you use. We have a start date. We have an end date. And we are the ones that get the opportunity to change the dash. See, the dash in life that changes your outcome in life is the importance of change. Because we're in that season of this changes everything. This has been this series. Sister Christine, Sister Mary, incredible words of change. So now we're going to take these words as Pastor Ben you know, comes back up on the stage. Take these words because he's going to end this series next week. What are you going to do with your dash? Is it going to change everything for you or is it going to remain the same? I love you, family. Thank you so much.